0: Hello and welcome to Minisode 64 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional duo to musical things. And I am Andy Stewart. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, sir. Hi, how, how are, are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Up with a lark to do this again. <laughs> for date's time purposes, this is Saturday morning, we're sitting down doing this at 10.30, but we've been doing a little bit of prep for a little while yeah, this morning. Yeah, 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 we have. Yeah, hmm But yeah, how's your week been? It's been okay, action-packed. Same, actually, yeah, quite a lot going on. You squeezing any viewing at all? Uh, I think we viewed the same thing. Oh, that's a happy coincidence. Um, Because we mentioned it to one another. Um, Yeah, so, um, yeah, we've talked about it a little bit, but not for a really long time.
1: Uh, Almost a year, in fact.
0: In fact, yeah, almost a year to the week. Yeah. Um, Either last week or the week before, I think it was, um, Stuart Sparks' Book of Monsters has finally seen the light of day in the UK.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been out in, um, in the States for ages through Dread Presents... Uh, or dread, I think, is it, simply known. Not just now known, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it's here now, and it's available on VOD platforms, and that's what I checked. Out. Same,
0: same. I got this on uh, Amazon Video. Right, uh, Stuart, you may also remember, of course, from way back, episode fourteen or fifteen of the show, uh, Deep Rising. <laughs> Deep Rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot good of times. fun. Uh, so yeah, Book of Monsters. We talked about it a little bit before. Like I say, I just want to talk for a minute about how much I like this film. Right, like yeah, sure. um, because. As you know, and as regular listeners will know, this, on paper, is not the kind of thing that I generally respond to.
1: Yeah, and it's the kind of thing that, for me, being a bit jaded and old and having lost the spark of light in my life, Mitch, unlike yourself, (laughs) uh, I look at things that are kind of young people battling monsters in this kind of way with scepticism and sometimes disinterest. And actually, if I'm perfectly honest with you, I think uh, going into the fright fest screening last year, I felt a bit like that.
0: I think I was kind of like I was kind of like uh, I was interested to see it because so many people have been talking about it, right? And um, and I was kind of just like, and I'd enjoyed talking to Stuart. Yeah, and, very much so. Yeah. Um, and I think I kind of his enthusiasm for that kind of thing was really palpable. And I was kind of like God, if you make this with the right kind of passion and things like that, then it could work. And I went in optimistic, but I think like this level of kind of creature feature thing, generally, I kind of a little bit cold on. The kind of humour that this goes for, again, I'm kind of a little bit ambivalent about. So I'm kind of pleasantly surprised by the fact that all of these elements converge in a way that I think is really, really fun.
1: Yeah, well I don't mind telling you, I probably wouldn't have gone to see Book of Monsters at Fright Fest uh, if It it hadn't been for the fact that Mannequins, the shorter producer for Dave Malcolm, was opening it. It clashed with a lot of good stuff. Yeah, so I probably, if I had been there just as not as the producer of Mannequins, I probably wouldn't have gone to see Book of Monsters on paper, Mm -hmm. and I think I would have missed out, because I actually had a great time with Book of Monsters. Aye, it's great.
0: It works on pretty much every level. The creature stuff is awesome. I think it's very very funny. Uh,
1: Performance-wise, it's Pretty
0: great, I yeah, think. I especially think uh, Lindsay
1: Kane. Yeah, the th- I actually think the three lead girls are really strong.
0: Yeah, 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 it's great. It's just, it's just, it's just a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I don't know if maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more because me and Dave, and actually I believe uh, Stuart had a few swigs. we passing back a bottle at MD twenty twenty. As was I. It was, <laughs> of was Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I think that um.
1: Other look- terrible <laughs> wines are available. <laughs> uh, other bottles of fortified. Gut rot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Other brands of paint strip are available. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, I think that if you're looking for a new release, that is an absolutely optimal Friday night couple of beers to oh, You 100%. Absolutely cannot do better than this. It's so good.
1: And I want to say as well, uh, I mean, this was a crowdfunded thing. The creatures are, I believe, almost exclusively practical. And they all look amazing. Yeah, they all look really, really good. And I've got a lot of love for the gnomes. I fucking love the gnomes. Um, And nice to see my old pal Nick Vince popping up in there as well. Mm -hmm, Always nice. Yeah, Yeah, uh, yeah. He gets the last line of the film and it's a corker. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, uh, I would absolutely say check out Become Monsters because if, like me, on paper, it's maybe not something that sings to you, you might be pleasantly surprised as I was. Uh, And I I had a good time in the cinema of drunk watching it and I had a good time watching it at home sober. I think that I'm
0: about as good an example of somebody who was like kind of didn't expect to be as turned around on this on paper as it was in practice kind of thing yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah can't recommend it enough Uh, and it really stands up in second viewing
1: yeah, and it's everywhere Amazon Prime, iTunes, basically all your VOD platforms. Yeah. Sadly, no physical release in the UK, or I would have got it. I did try to import the Dread one, mm-hmm. and I got a kickback email saying that they weren't shipping it to the UK. At that ah, point that's something. unfortunate. Um,
0: yeah. ah, you never know, that might change in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stuart, keep us apprised if you find out about a physical release.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So... I don't have anything else, really.
0: Uh, I do. Okay, oh! Moots wants to shockwave 100! I sure did. Got another one in this morning, actually. All oh, right, what
1: was it? Uh, back to 2004, um, Stephen Mena's Malevolence. Right, okay. Now, this is one of the ones from the list I don't think I've seen, which um, is rare. I mean, it's very small single digits for the ones I haven't seen. Yeah, so. <sighs> okay. Oh, dear. I, yeah, I don't
0: know. Like I, I, I didn't know that this at all, to be honest. I thought that the setup was kind of weird, but kind of interesting. Uh, so, basically, the film opens with statistics about children going missing right. in America. And you get this kind of this creepy thing of like somebody being like locked in a basement and getting tortured. Sure. Um, and then it cuts straight to um, a setup for a bank robbery 13 years later. Right. Um, and basically those stories and those stories mesh with also a mother and daughter in a car who are unassimilated to the main story. But they all kind of marry in together. <laughs> and it becomes this kind of like not kind of chamber piece, but kind of around a farmhouse in the kind of neighboring area. Uh, where th- all of these people, these kind of like hostages, robbers, etc., converge on this place that is also occupied by a serial killer. Right. I yeah. Uh, I, I, I this uh, yeah. It's probably the one that I struggled the most with in terms of understanding why it's on the list. Okay. Uh, just because I I thought that um it was kind of overacted. Uh, I thought that it was kind of just a little bit shopworn. Didn't think the kills were that good. Uh, yeah, really, really plain. So I has
1: this slipped? Would you say even below uh below like. Asylum and below Slumber Party Massacre. Then as your least liked, um,
0: it's it's definitely down there. I would say. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, I think that the other stuff that I've seen that I didn't like, I think that I could kind of appreciate on some level why other people would. Right, sure. And yeah. uh, you know, in a kind of like, it's not bad, but it's not for me kind of way. Sure. I think sure. that the best example of that would be Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, <laughs> where I was yeah. kind of like, I understand completely the people who have a real soft spot for this kind of thing but I am not them right <laughs> um, whereas with this I was just kind of like this is um, an extremely by the numbers stock and slash thing and I thought it was yeah just really quite dull right so yeah it maybe is actually wow yeah maybe yeah. It, it's because I mean I didn't like Asylum but at least it got a reaction out of me and yeah, I kind of just yeah, I, I kind of feel like I spent the entirety of this just kind of shrugging my shoulders
1: <laughs> uh, so, I thought they were looking pretty like muscular and taut yeah <laughs> uh. I thought it was just supporting that big heat. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, it's just, it's just hard-wearing ambivalence. <laughs> so yeah, um, a less than successful venture at the weighs 100 uh, this week. But generally, you know, the hit rate's pretty high for the things that I do enjoy.
1: Yeah, but, uh, let me ask you, have you pulled together your uh, outstanding list?
0: Next week, I promise. Oh, for fuck's um, sake. I have... Uh, mañana, mañana. I've got nothing to do today apart from... I've got loads to do today, but I'm at home all day for a change on a Saturday. I've got hmm. loads, loads of stuff to be getting on with, but it's all in-house. So I am going to take a minute to just do this really boring epi- uh, episode admin thing I've been talking about doing for absolutely ages. I'm going to try and do a few of
1: those things today. Right, okay. Do, Which, you, want, do you want to go back through and compile a list of the best and uh, worst times for 30-second synopses?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. I- we should... I'd
1: like to get a kind of Top Gear League table thing on the go. <laughs> I'd quite like to do a
0: clip show of just that. Mitch's pitches or 30-second synopses or um, character name supercut. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay. I, kind of, I kind of feel like there's a few things on this show that a couple of people might appreciate having their favourite feature just
1: compiled That sounds good to me, um, I don't want to be the one to do it <laughs> I might be massively
0: overestimating the interest level, <laughs> in this, but if anyone does want that then let us know We've
1: done that from day one with us podcast <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, Speaking of our listeners though
1: What have the listeners been saying and people who aren't listeners Because sometimes people are.
0: Sometimes the people getting on these chains have transparently never listened to the show. It is feedback time, and well, a whole massive spread actually this week. It's normally uh, very heavy on uh, a single
1: topic, the most recent
0: film most often, and we do have a decent whack on the Mothman prophecies, but also um, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. But let's start with the Mothman prophecies, seeing as it is the most recent. Before we get into that, as always, big thank you to Josh Lobo joining us this week to talk the Mothman prophecies with us, as long with his own film, I Trap
1: the Devil. Yeah, which uh, I cannot wait for at fright fest. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, his chat about it got me really excited yeah. this week.
1: Um I am also going to say right now that I had an absolute ball with Josh on the show. I had a great time.
0: Yes, that was a very fun one. I think that his enthusiasm for film in general was very palpable. Oh, definitely. And yeah. it was really enjoyable to just kind of take a step back and let him kind of pinball between topics the way that he did. I think also, like I felt like most of the time we come in and we kind of have a little bit of an affection for the film going in, but this is one of
1: the ones where I felt the most spoken round. (laughs) There was a moment towards uh, an early kind of running of the recording of the episode where he said it's like a film he thinks about constantly and it's one of his favourite films of all time. And you and I just kind of looked at each other across the table like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: But yeah, I think that um, I, I thought that the reasons that he liked it and the reasons that he described about liking it were so much more than just, I saw this when I was younger, and as a result, I am biased towards it. I think that, uh so yeah, it was, and hearing him kind of, like, say, freewheeling, talking about X-Files, and yeah. Transformers. uh Transformers, Transformers <laughs> and all that kind of thing, a lot of fun, a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, well, uh, his love for the film is undeniable, Mitch, I, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. The same cannot be said, however, for Andy McEwen on Instagram, <laughs> Okay, uh, who said, saw this in the cinema, starts awful, ends worse, with no explanations of what the fuck the moth dude was. Always remember the explanation of how the mothman can see the future. He's like a window cleaner. He's just higher up. I think mean, that is... <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. I like yeah, that. yeah. Um, staying with The Mothman Prophecies, Cosmic Rhaegar on Twitter. Yeah, Thanks, Strong Violent PC. I'm going to watch The Mothman Prophecies now. I've always loved films that use the tagline based on true events. I couldn't find a decent picture of Richard Gere, so here's a horse that looks like him. <laughs> And the horse does look a little bit like Richard Gere.
1: So uh, I'm going to continue the Mothman Prophecies discussion, Mitch, um, and I'm going to get off on a bit of a tangent. So this is a forewarning. Okay. It's also a forewarning that you might need to steal yourself because some of the things I'm about to discuss here are graphic and th- of a sexual nature.
0: I feel like I may know where this is going, but give me a moment.
1: <laughs> so, right, go, go. So it's coming off the back of Kevin Matthews getting in touch on uh, Twitter at saltire.com. Just saying, damn you Andy make stuff, listening to the latest from violent PC and drinking from a juice bottle while walking to work. The line after Thorn on his side meant I almost spat juice all over a passing child. It was touch and go, end result was choking splutter instead. (laughs) Uh, This was also followed up by The Shakes at the Shake 72 saying, ha 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 ha, me too. Inspired as always, a phrase I'll be using as soon as I can get it into conversation. First, you're welcome to the phrase, you Mm -hmm. can have it. (laughs) This was in relation to the myth. By the way, I but
0: before you get into this, I'm quite happy to concede that that was the line of the episode for me. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Uh, this was regarding the myth about Richard Gere. Yes. Right. We've all heard it. We all yes. know of it. Mm-hmm. Um, on the episode, I said, it's of course a myth. There's no way he did it. <laughs> and I'm going to make my case as that to why that is. Right? Fucking okay. <laughs> hell. Okay. Firstly, when I was younger... Yes, I was very much a traveller in the realms of masturbation. Right, <laughs> okay. if I heard about it, I tried it. Uh huh. Right, I'm talking sitting on your hand till it was uh, numb and yep. uh, painting the nails red so it looked like it was Uh I'm, t- <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> okay. I'm talking fucking sponges. I'm talking about all sorts of stuff. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> If I heard that there was actual sexual gratification to be gained from shoving a gerbil up your ass, Yes I would have done it If it was true, you'd be sat there right now in front of me with a gerbil up your ass, <laughs> Tap dancing on your prostate
0: But well, are, 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 are you gerbil free since
1: 1980? I, well I never got there because it was so ridiculous to me that it just wouldn't be true uh, And I was a man that would... things were passed around the playground at school, right? Gerbils not just shared gerbils. Uh, no, but they, like these stories would pass around the school. Sure. Um, new and exciting ways to wank, right? Right. I would, I would try just about everything uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Now, now if, if someone had told me, shove a gerbil up your ass I would never have done it, right? Okay. But if a doctor came out tomorrow and said, by the way, Richard Gere was right all along, there is immense sexual gratification to be had from the little jagged claws <laughs> of a gerbil, then we would all have a gerbil up our arse tomorrow. Every one of us. Guys, you could sit there and say I'm lying, but if you were told it was fine and the gerbil was somehow en- enclosed so that only its little scratching feet were out, like <laughs> if it was in a little a little gerbil wetsuit or something, so that it couldn't like, shit in your own colon, right, yeah, yeah. we would all have a gerbil up our arse. That's how I know the myth isn't real. Okay, Because if it was real, we'd all be fucking doing it. Yep. Because we're filthy, wretched men. <laughs> Okay, so uh, heading back to Instagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, no. We were, a, uh, that were per-
1: very uh, slack mouthed at one point during that, just like.
0: Yeah, it was pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> um, that's actually... Well, I don't actually have any more than the Moth and Prophecies. I Neither do
1: I. I've rounded it out, I Just think, in a satisfactory fashion.
0: Um, we head off um, a little bit on Ravenous yeah. uh, from the week previous Matt Mercer's episode. Uh, Darren Gaskell got in touch saying, I took a break from Cannibal Films after that blog piece, but if there's a movie that's going to make me go back to that particular well, it's Ravenous. So, for one thing... Fair dues, go back, because it is really good. Yeah. Also, I just as want to make mention of that, I think we maybe have on the show before, but uh, on Darren's blog, he wrote...
1: I've read a pretty extensive piece on uh, cannibal films, cannibal films uh, more focused on Italian cannibal films.
0: Yeah, like massively um, comprehensive, yeah. and uh, if you've got an interest in that kind of thing, we can maybe maybe find it and post a link to it, it's really, really interesting. Um, I would also say well if you've got
1: a passing uh, desire to know more about Italian cannibal films or Italian zombie films, you could do worse than picking up Eating Alive by Jay Slater, which is an amazing book on the extremely troublesome subgenre. genre. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um, that saw many, many poor animals lose their lives. But no, that not the passes. But that's no. Um,
0: but that's out there. And yeah, I would say that's worth checking out. You got anything on Ravenous at
1: all? I do have something on Ravenous coming in from Andy McCartan. Oh, cool. Okay, another great show for an interesting film. Thanks. Um, I may need to rewatch it. and awesome that it dripped into the Donner Party story. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's. Uh, loath as I am to mention other podcasts, but uh, <laughs> when we had a whole segment that used to be devoted to that, <laughs> last podcast in the left recently did a really good, um, I think it was a two or three parter on the Donner Party, which was really interesting. Nice. Um, so it's worth a listen if you're into the story.
0: Good advice, as ever. Uh, is that your lot on Ravenous? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I am going to move outward then to the collector uh, Dave Cooper, deluxe underscore man. Got in touch uh, just last week, saying, "Watching the Collector, I'm extremely curious how far they got before ditching the Saw franchise link, because it's got an extremely similar color palette. It's also the only film that sells books as indestructible, and even the animals aren't safe. So I think that the stage in the process where this got abandoned as a Saw prequel is very early. Right? Okay. But mm-hmm. um, what I do think, I do agree that like it's got an unbelievable feel." Of a Saw prequel because those guys' fingerprints are all over it. Yeah, sure. Like okay. it's it's obvious. I think I said this on the episode, it's obvious at the time that all those guys were making were enemies in the Saw franchise. <laughs> sure. But uh yeah. No, so that's that's my take on that. That's all and actually kind of segueing into something else. Horror in a tweet.
1: All right, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: getting in touch this week. I'm so happy Strong Violent PC did an episode defending the highly underrated Saw Six. Yes. Fuck off. I ranked it second best for the whole oh, series.
1: Get a grippy yourself.
0: Aside from being a solid character journey in its own right. How many American Part Sixes argue for nationalized healthcare? I agree. Obviously, it was me that picked it, um, but uh, I think that I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the second best. Oh no, God no! But I think that it's probably third or a fourth. I think that the first two are probably the best two, and then after that, maybe five and six.
1: I really like the third one.
0: <laughs> third one I think is good but it's got the wor- it's got the best B story and the worst performance from a lead actor in a B story
1: are you talking about Angus Mcfadden? yes I think he's right. dreadful okay yeah. um, and actually the traps are quite meh the rack's good but yeah like um, oh the rack's horrific
0: <laughs> yeah but um, yeah but I think that the three and four they play together as like a smart idea uh-huh. how they're on kind of parallel timelines, yeah. or on the same timeline, but um uh, I think that the execution's a little bit ropey, I think especially in 4, I think is dreadful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. But uh, yeah, no, I'm g- like, n- glad to hear somebody else come forward and speak in defense of Saw always nice to hear from these people.
1: Well, I think that's a bloody outrageous comment. I know you do, <laughs> I know you do.
0: Have you got anything else on the Collector, or can we move on? I
1: don't have anything on the Collector, I don't know, I do have a, a couple of bits of miscellany. Okay, oh yeah. Um, we'll kick off with this one. Dr. Lauren McIntyre. Ah, hello. Nodding goth. Not coming in with anything medical this week. I suppose there hasn't necessarily been a call for it. No, she's saying, ooh. Hmm. I would be stoked for a Congo episode.
0: Oh, when were we talking about Congo again?
1: We talked about Congo in the Mothman Prophecies. In the Mothman Prophecies episode. Uh, Okay. We talked about Congo in so much as I believe it to be Laura Lenny's greatest performance. Ah,
0: yes. Okay. (laughs) I remember now. So Uh, what was Lauren saying about that?
1: Lauren got in touch to say, Ooh, would be stoked for a Congo episode. The future sister piece to the Jill Six Anaconda discussion Mm -hmm. would love a direct Tim Curry slash John Voight character comparison. That does sound fun. <laughs> it does indeed. Gel herself weighing in to say sold. <laughs> and uh, speaking of uh, sister pieces to the
0: anaconda discussion, just watch the space on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have a
0: couple of things that relate to the Fright Fest preview bonus-ode that we put out uh, this week. we're
1: covering a lot of topics Yeah,
0: loads of stuff. Um, But a couple of people got in touch off the back of that, um, so I want to say hi to a couple of them. Uh, Chloe Bestley, Chuck Spadina25, getting in touch. Uh, Hi, Chloe. Um, And she said, it's a gin and lemonade for me. Uh, Obviously, I was talking about me being very trigger-happy with buying people drinks when I meet them. You are,
1: man. You are.
0: Jokes aside, thanks for the bonus-ode. Love the discussion, and it's made me rethink a couple of films that I want to see, which is... Interesting. That's the point of cool. This. cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, let us know if you end up uh, switching because of anything that we've talked about. Um, also, want to say hello to a new person. Oh, hi. Uh, so Russell Bailey. Hi, Russell. Um, at cultured russ on Twitter. What a cracking listen! I now have another podcast to subscribe oh, to. Oh, blush. Um, also dropped us his top ten, uh, which had quite a bit of overlap with the stuff that we talked about. He's... Anything
1: additional that we didn't touch on?
0: Um, so um, let's see. Uh, yeah, a few. Uh,
1: Dakhra. All right. Okay.
0: Uh, and freaks which I saw at Fright Fest Glasgow, can vouch for the quality of, you will like that one, oh, I would yeah, imagine. it's awesome. one of
1: those kind of repeat screenings, like uh, I think uh, are Tigers afraid, Are Not Afraid,
0: putting um, Me the Head of the Machine Gun Woman, things like that, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ready or Not, which uh, weirdly is not in mine, I think it clashes with something that I really want to see, in fact I think that that clashes with Darlin, maybe, Oh right, and I'm okay. on the fence about which one of those two I'm going to go see, and uh, Here Comes Hell, uh, which is clashing with Rabid.
1: Which you've seen anyway. Uh,
0: Here Comes Hell, I've seen in Glasgow, it's really fun, Yep. Um, but yeah, very different beast from Rabbit, and that is a tricky clash, I would say. Right, okay. Uh, but yeah, Russell, thank you very much uh, for getting in touch. Glad you enjoyed it. Good to have you here.
1: Yes, thank you, and uh, I hope you stick around.
0: Yeah, stick around. We've got lots of fright fest stuff coming up. Even if that's just your thing, you know. Oh,
1: I. <laughs> and uh, thanks to the fright fest guys as well again for uh, sharing out all our stuff.
0: Yeah, that was very cool. Big thank you for that. And also, just before we move on uh, from that kind of thing, yeah, um, a quick shout out to film fan Stevie. He got in touch with his top ten as well. Yeah, uh, which a lot of very similar stuff to us as well. Yeah. Uh, is that your lot? No. Oh, okay. It's
1: not. Followers on our social media may have noticed that we have some merchandise on the go.
0: We finally did it, more yeah. or more specifically, you did it.
1: You did it, yeah. I mean, uh, we aren't making pretty much any money out of this, it's not really for that purpose. Um, but we have a Public page, uh, but yeah, we've got a couple of designs up there just now. We've yeah, got a, uh, in a state of some distress design. Uh-huh. And a couple of uh, Context Pig designs.
0: Yeah, Chris Niles was delighted when I told him that something from the Pumpkinhead <laughs> episode had made it to a t-shirt.
1: Yes, it has. Um, there will be loads of designs coming. There'll be some simpler ones in the meantime, and then down the line we've got plans to release some more. In the meantime, yeah, there's a couple of designs there. Pop on, have a look. A massive thanks to the people who've bought t-shirts so far. Yeah, because there's a few of you Yeah, there. whether it's State of Some Distress, whether it's Context Pig. Uh, there will be more stuff coming to the store, but yeah, it's there. We do have t-shirts available,
0: which is nice. Yeah, I feel really good about that.
1: Yeah, me too. And t public, although we're not making any money from it, they and um, they handle all our shipping, and, and they seem to be doing
0: that with alarming speed, extreme promptness. Yeah, yeah, extreme punctuality.
1: Also worth mentioning that there seems to be constant discounts.
0: Yeah, also get about it. Yeah, get on that. It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. I didn't need prompting there. No, you didn't. You are straight in. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title, the tagline, any identifying
1: text. All that will be left will be the image. What I can confirm Mitch, is I've done that very thing.
0: Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay, so he'll send it to me. I'll take a look at it. I'll describe the image to the best of my ability, and where possible, give it a synopsis and a title. So last week we had Cannibal Ferox. also
1: known as Make Them Die Slowly, shamefully
0: reappropriated by me as Wig Your Own Grave.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake!
0: Less said, the better on that one. You, oh. I know, I know, I know, I know. So we have had a few. Okay, this week. Well, I've uh, got a few. Got a few to shoot through. Um. Cosmic Grey Girl, 1975's Mitch's Bitches. Very <laughs> good. Uh, Gorehound, right. Zombie Slew. At the end of their working week, a group of rainforest delivery men revolt against minimum wage and poor uniform conditions. They start by slaughtering the firm's secretaries in 1984's Amazon Prime, The Blackest Friday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is that not the Green Inferno? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pretty much, <actually. laughs> Darren Gaskell, when ITV2 decides to cut corners on its latest reality show phenomenon, it soon becomes apparent that the exotic location one of the researchers has chosen is home to a tribe of starving cannibals. Rather than rescue the contestants, they leave them out there to see if they can last 10 weeks without becoming dinner. Coming to your TV screens this Christmas, Love Island, The Hunger Games Edition. Uh, Tony Constantinou, I'm on holiday, so it's going to be uncharacteristically short this week. Oh, what? But wait, he's, that actually means he's got more time in his hands. You think? <laughs> uh, when celebrity matchmaker Bertie Flanter accidentally sets up <laughs> 80s singers Kevin Woodward and Siobhan Fahey with a pair of enterprising cannibals, he inexplicably finds himself teaming up with ex rudy bodybuilder Bubba Hampersnack to try and save the girls <laughs> before they're ritually sacrificed in the 1986 summer slash tacular banana drama Death in the First Degree.
1: <laughs>
0: Tagline, <laughs> inevitably, it's going to be a cruel, cruel summer.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm giving them both to Tony. That's right. That's that. Uh, is uh, that? Is uh, that? Is uh, that? Is short that, but sweet, but it had everything it needed.
0: Bubba. So is that? Is that I'm assuming that that's. uh but. Bu- Bubba hampers Snack. Bubba hamper snack. Yeah, let's get in that.
1: Okay. Cool. Um. So
0: straight on to. Uh, straight on to this week's time.
1: What I'm going to tell you much before I send this to you. Mm-hmm. Slight departure in Mitch's pictures this week.
0: Okay. In and what is So respect?
1: much is the image that you are a- out to open, which I've just sent, uh, came from a listener. Okay. In the form of James Plum. Ah, Mad Science ah, Films. Mad Science Films. Now, what I will say is, uh, listeners, dear listener, please, uh, if you have a poster that you've seen that you think might work well as a Mitch's Pitch, email it to Strong Language Violence Scenes at gmail.com. Just put in the subject line, Mitch's Pitches. And I'll know not to look at it. That way, Snoopy McFucking Peak eyes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thanks been up all night on that one, <laughs> won't uh, be inclined to dip in and have a have a snoop. And speaking of
0: which, it looks like this week's has arrived.
1: It has. Or it should have.
0: Okay. Oh, God. Okay. So the border is... Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know, people need to know. It's a black background and uh, yellow horizontal lines at the top and bottom.
1: <laughs> I think if you... Uh, double-click that you might zoom out to find that there are also yellow uh, vertical lines yes it's a yellow square thank you <laughs>
0: or a rectangle specifically uh in the background of the image we have um what looks like a kind of cabin mm-hmm uh a kind of log cabin
1: one of the most sinister bob ross paintings
0: yeah <laughs> a cabin surrounded by happy little trees on top of a hill um behind a kind of red and black skyline in the foreground of the image... Oh, there's also a lightning strike. Um, inevitably. In the foreground of the image, we have a, a kind of doll that looks like it's climbing out of the ground.
1: Can I just say about this doll, uh, <laughs> as to its hairdo... Yes. I had a very similar kind of PJ and Duncan hairdo in the 90s. It's interesting that that's the angle you've taken. I was thinking like Eric Roberts. <laughs>
0: But either way, uh, yeah, uh, it's it looks like it's emerging from the soil, right? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. So um, it is staring intensely directly at the viewer. <laughs> um, it also has a um, a scythe through its head. I think
1: that's a sickle.
0: A sickle, yes, thank you. Um, also, its torso has the face of a man on it. The man looks like a cross between Nicolas Cage and Andrew the Giant. <laughs> And that's about it, I think.
1: It looks very sad. Very, yeah, very, the very sad. face is extremely
0: sad. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try and incorporate that somehow. Okay, <laughs> uh, give me a moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I've got it. Oh, okay. Okay, let's let's do this. Following
0: the events of the first film, where murderous doll Betsy Silver was killed by a (gasps) sickle to the head and buried under the cornfields on the Spellman family farm, life hasn't yet returned to normal for the family. Still reeling from the loss of her husband Chet, grieving widow Irma Spellman tries to keep life as normal as possible for her children Marcy and Herbert. However, any attempt at normality is derailed when Betsy's reanimated form emerges from the earth, determined to seek her revenge. <laughs> Worse still, she's in possession of the soul of Chet and has every intention of dragging it to hell, along with Marcy and Herbert, whom she swiftly enslaves on her return using the very same magic that caused Chet's death two years earlier. <laughs> Can Irma break the curse and kill Betty a second time? Find out in 1993's child play aping B movie sequel, Heavens to Betsy 2 The Hellbound Spellbound Spellmans. <laughs> Yes and he's back (laughs) He's back Go die in an alley Wig your own grave I'm back God I've missed you (laughs) So how wrong am I? Uh, What year did you say? Uh, I said 93
1: (laughs) Fuck me 10 years out 1983 Okay yeah
0: yeah I mean I I I knew on some level That that wasn't a 90s poster I just (laughs) needed it to be there So I could make a child's play reference What I'll tell
1: you Is it's the Mountaintop Motel Massacre Nice good name Yeah Uh, Got a synopsis for this one? Yeah, our synopsisizer this week on IMDb, mm-hmm. Brian J. Wright. Okay, lay it on me, Brian. After several years in an insane asylum, Evelyn, the keeper of the mountaintop motel, is released and resumes doing business. She kills her young charge out of anger, but convinces the police it was an accident. And pushed into insanity, she then proceeds to target her guests. First, by releasing vermin into their rooms. Oh my. But then, by using her trusty sickle. <laughs> there you go Mountaintop motel massacre I see
0: Okay Well that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week That image is everywhere though Yes And this yeah. is where you come in Get pitching
1: guys Hunt it down Instagram, Facebook, Twitter Yeah Pick your poison
0: And get pitching <laughs> So Guess it's time to take a quick look At what's going on Streaming platform wise This week Yeah So uh, Amazon Prime Slacking a little bit Although there's something good next week We'll cross that bridge When we get there Shutter has a couple of good ones Both coming on Monday So today Right Um, <laughs> 2014, uh, The Midnight Swim. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. This looks pretty good. Um, Rocking a solid 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, When Dr. Amelia Brooks's three daughters travel home to settle her affairs after she disappears in Spirit Lake, they find themselves drawn to a mysterious body of water.
1: Sure. Mm -hmm. Also,
0: um, Fright Fest selection from 2013... Uh, Marina Devan's Dark Touch. Alright, okay. Uh, in a remote Irish village, police are called to the scene of a massacre, but they ignore the lone survivor's claim that the house was responsible for the carnage. Ooh. Looking elsewhere, we've got some other good stuff. Uh, now, TV, I slipped up with this um, because there's nothing particularly this week, but um, as of yesterday. Sunday, Uh, Iron Sky, The Coming Race (laughs) uh, is there. Uh,
1: How many many of those fucking films have they made? I know, I really (laughs) don't know, I've lost track.
0: And Netflix, and I would say realistically, probably the pick of the week this week, Tuesday the 6th,
1: Inside Number 9, Season 4. Oh yeah, brilliant. Uh, So you'll get Bernie Clifton's Dressing Room.
0: Oh God, yeah. Am I ready to
1: watch that again? Wonderful. Yes, absolutely.
0: Wonderful stuff. So time to take a look at episode 65.
1: Yeah.
0: And we do have another guest this week. Keeping up the streak. And, speaking of streaks, it's another Fright Fest guest. I <laughs> see what we're doing here. We are running, a, running the clock down to Fright Fest. Yeah, and keeping the streak going this week with the director of Hulu's All That We Destroy. Yeah. And also a film that made both of our tens, I it believe. It sure did. Satanic Panic. It's yeah. Chelsea Stardust this week.
1: I can't wait for this.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great because... What film is she chosen?
1: Well, I'm also very excited to talk to Chelsea. Yep. But um, I'm especially excited to talk about this film. Now, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. Okay. Because historically, and you've mentioned on the show, Mm -hmm. you've had issues with this director's films in the past. Okay. But we're going back to 1988. Right. And it's Frank Henenlotter's Brain Damage. Okay, okay, cool. I will give anything a bash. If you didn't like basket case which I right.
0: did not and I get pelters for it all the time I
1: get the feeling you might be turned around on brain damage oh really it's, a, it's really fun
0: okay sounds yeah,
1: good yeah I
0: can't wait for this excellent so satanic panic director Chelsea Stardust joining us this week to talk brain damage yes gonna be fun how are you feeling about this get in touch let us know loads of ways you can do that facebook and instagram we're strong language violent scenes you can tweet us as well at strong violent pc also you can follow us individually if you'd like
1: yeah uh, um, i'm andy makes stuff and he
0: is at Watch Mitch. that was very two ronnies was a bit wasn't it <laughs> uh you can also email us at strong language violent scenes at gmail.com yep as we mentioned earlier andy yeah where can people listen
1: everywhere cool cool
0: all right yeah moving Good.
1: on we're back <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts Acash, TuneIn, Podbean
0: and many more and many, many more.
1: so we're back Friday talking brain damage with Chelsea Stardust,
0: join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chads goodbye,
1: bye, don't put gerbils up your ass. you've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain, Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain, production and artwork by Andy Stewart Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.